can put it on the board, yeah! Team to win the game! Hawks win! And Mack will take it all the way in for a touchdown. How crazy was that? This is the Athlete Beat, WCRX's sole sports show featuring modern and classic hip-hop. Only here on 88.1 FM, Chicago. All right, you've got the Athlete Beat 702 here at WCRX 88.1 FM, Chicago. I am your host, Brandon Orlowski. Welcome back. We were, uh, we were off last week because of Columbia Spring Break, but we are back uh, better than ever. We are joined once again by Jake Barrett. Howdy. Howdy. Um, I believe you were on, I don't remember which episode it was, but you were for sure my second guest right after uh, Ethan. Yeah, it was fun. I remember that time. You remember it fondly. I remember it fondly. I had a lot of fun doing that, and I'm excited to talk sports further with you. Awesome. Um, we tried to get Ethan on as well today, but uh, he was, um, a little, let's just say he was under the weather, and we are hoping he gets uh, hoping he gets re resituated and... Get well soon. Yeah, it gets all that taken yeah, care of. Yes, so we're going to send a card. We're going to make a handmade card to Ethan saying, uh, about saying sorry for Jordan Howard being traded. We'll, uh, we'll get to that. I got him sick. So, yeah, uh, almost happened to me too. But, um, you know, it was going to happen. It was going to happen. But we can, we can definitely talk we'll about talk that about later. later yeah. uh, but first, uh, of course, a couple days ago, the MLB season, the 2019 season, got underway. Opening day came and went. The Cubs ended up dominating in that opening game. The White Sox got uh, got a rain delay, which pushed that game back a little a little further, which just prolonged the inevitable for White Sox fans. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, how did your uh, hometown Phillies do? They did amazing. Let me. Hey, do you know how many teams are undefeated in the MLB right now? Just one. Just one. The Philadelphia Phillies. That's right. I have a little smug smile on my face. I went to their opening day game. It was amazing. That energy hasn't been there since 2011. I love it. Uh, Bryce Harper hit two home runs the past two days. Well, Sunday and Saturday. Uh, and he walked. And Caprice Hoskins hit a grand slam opening day. I was there. Andrew McCutcheon lead off home run. I was there. Probably top moment of my life right there. Let me tell you, that energy was electric. Seems like it. Seems like it was. I've never had the opportunity to go to an opening day game uh, yet. I've gone to the last game of one of the Cubs seasons. Uh, I think it was 2013 when they were still god awful. Yeah, it's not the same. Like um, Anthony Rizzo didn't even play. Half the guys didn't play. Uh, but they ended up. Um, they ended up hitting a walk off uh, single in the bottom of the ninth so oh, that was dude. you know that was kind of cool but what i went to a game <laughs> last year uh i had to leave early for work it was at wrigley field it was cubs phillies and a phillies prospect named dylan cousins hit a pinch hit home run at the top of the ninth but the phillies ahead three two do you remember this game no not at all and i left or it was the top of the eighth and i left in the middle of the eighth and i was on cta red line coming back because i had to go to work the next morning and uh, the Cubs hit a grand slam to win the game against the Phillies, and everybody was celebrating on the subway. And I'm like, we should have, le- we shouldn't have left. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, that's like when um, that reminds me of when the the Miami Heat were playing the Spurs in the finals. Really? And yeah. yeah, and everybody left five minutes early. They showed everybody walking out of the stadium, and then they go into overtime. Ray Allen hits the shot, and they got you know all that 
craziness. You and people were, people were trying to get back in the building, and they wouldn't let them. And then the next day, Chris Bosh was like, yeah, we don't want you back. We don't, <laughs> you, I wouldn't want you back either. Yeah, like, <laughs> guess what? Get out. Like, I For mean, real. the Fairweather fans. That's, that's, I mean... Speaking of back baseball. When, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Back when the Heat were doing their thing, their, the bandwagon fans were at an all-time high. Um, back to baseball. So... Let's talk about the Chicago teams a little bit. The Cubs, as of today, are one and they're one and two right now. They're actually playing a game right now. They're Against playing the Braves. They're, they're playing the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, can you win that for me? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I think it's five to four. Last time we checked. No, it was like five to nothing. What? Oh, I thought you said four. No, it's like let me check right now. It's four to nothing, Braves. <sighs> Yeah, that's what I said. Oh God! I, yeah, I didn't even. And you're like, you were like, oh, it could be worse. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. not really, not really. <laughs> I was given, uh, I was, I was given the correct information. I just screwed it up. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, so the Cubs are coming into this season obviously with big expectations, just like they have for the past three, four years. Um, last year things didn't go as they planned. There were a lot of injuries. There were a lot of setbacks. Um, pieces that just didn't fall into place. Um, they had the whole Addison Russell scandal going on, um, so they 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 did reach the NLCS, but they ended up losing to the Dodgers. Um, this year, they're coming in uh, with players like Yu Darvish and Chris Bryant, uh, ready to prove once again, you know, why they're the cornerstones. Yeah, at you least know, Chris Bryant. Yeah, Chris Chris Bryant had Anthony Rizzo. Yes, he had. Chris Bryant had sort of a down 2018. He had some injuries. Yeah, Anthony Rizzo that was, had a down first half. That was year. mainly the the reason that Bryant was uh, struggling. But now he has seems like he's fully healed. Seems like he's ready to get back to work. And Bryant so far playing at third base has a 308 batting average with an on base percentage of uh, 438. And he's gotten four hits, four RBIs, and a home run so far. That's good for him. So I think, yeah, I, I, you know, I think Chris Bryant's going to be fine as long as he's healthy. Because yeah, he's Chris Bryant. Like, yeah, last year was MVP. last year was just kind of a fluke because of all the all the problems that he had with his health. Yeah, but yeah, um, you Darvish on the other hand, um, the Cubs signed him last year thinking that they were going to capture lightning in a bottle from from the past. You know, when he was on the Rangers. And you know, I'm I'm still hoping that 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 is a realistic possibility, but um, despite his eight game 2018, which was also riddled with injuries, he came into this spring with a new attitude and seemed like he found his confidence again. And like he was, yeah, exactly. He was making he was making jokes with reporters, and he was you know just like being he he was trying to take himself less seriously, I think. And he had a pretty solid spring. But in his first start the other day, I believe it was on Saturday, he threw two and two thirds inning, two and two thirds innings. Uh, he let up two hits and three earned runs. He walked seven batters, faced sixteen. If that you know puts yeah. things into perspective, yeah, two and two thirds. He did or strike no. out. Um, he did strike out four uh, four batters, but uh, because of his small sample size and three earned runs, his his ERA has ballooned to over ten. So yeah, he's, you Darvish is off to a fantastic start. Let me tell you, um, nobody's ever said this before. I think the Cubs have a rotation problem. I think people have been saying that for a while, actually. I know, I'm joking. It's not, <laughs> it's not good. Uh, you know, Tyler Chatwood's coming out of the bullpen, and he's being paid a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you Darvish is getting paid a lot of money. John Lester, a lot of money. He's decent still. 
Cole Hamill's getting paid a lot of money. He didn't do that well. Cole, uh, yeah, I think I think Cole Hamill's is probably the weak link on that on the starting rotation at the moment. I don't. Maybe you Darvish I, based on that you, last showing. Probably you Darvish. I mean, I think Cole Hamill still has the stuff. He's just got to. He's just old. I don't know. It's that's a tough. That's a good question. It's a depressing question for Cubs fans, obviously. But oh, very. I mean. Jed Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein always had this mantra of getting all the position players first, and then you can go out and buy the pitching because that's easy, easier at least. That's the exact opposite of what the Phillies are doing. Let me tell you. Well, then that's at least when the Phillies had their opening press conference with their new president of operations, Andy McPhail. He said the exact opposite. McPhail. Is that his name? Yeah. All right, keep going. Is Andy McPhail? He used to be the president of like the Twins and the Orioles or whatever, but he's like he's got he's just got a funny name. Yeah, I mean it's almost like your kicker blew it. Yep, but, exactly. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate names for sports. I mean, you want like a good name like Swift or like Kentucky has a point guard named Quickly. Mm-hmm. You want that kind of name, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want my last name to be like Jake Fastman. Fastman. Fastman, yeah. I just don't eat a lot. <laughs> uh, no, what was I going to say? Uh, they are we talking about uh, the Phillies drafting pitchers instead oh, of uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, paying like, for them. The Phillies have the exact opposite philosophy. that You buy the bats, you develop the pitching, and I think that's the correct way to go about it. You think what the Phillies are doing is correct? And I think the Cubs are wrong. Even though they've won the World Series? Well, like... <laughs> They won the World Series. It's just a difference I, I, of philosophy. I understand. Like yeah. I, I can. It's an opinion. I guess opinions can't be wrong unless <laughs> they're opposing mine. No. Yeah. It's just that, you know, they have they've the Cubs have had opportunities to sign a bunch of different players, and for whatever reasons, you know, whether it's the whether it's on the organization or it's on the players' choice, um, the Cubs have gone out and given all this money to all these players. And they're not performing. And You're that's right. that's it's, a problem. It's like the Celtics, kind of. They have all these assets. They have all this money. They spend all this money. They trade for all these things. Like, the Epstein's a genius. And now you look at it and you're like, oh, they're a good team, but are they a dynasty? We predicted yeah. them to be a dynasty with all these assets. Like, the, the Celtics coming in this year, uh, Bill Simmons is like, they're going to win 67 games, and they have the Kings pick, which is going to be number one overall, and they're going to be amazing, and they're winning the championship, they're going to have the number one overall pick. That's not happening right now. No, and I mean, a lot of people, maybe not to Bill Simmons' extent because he's a diehard Celtics guy. Yeah, I don't like But, <laughs> But, you know, after, especially after that last season that we saw from Boston, where Kyrie Irving was injured most of the time, and they still had the best record. And Jason Tatum looked like he should have been Rookie of the Year at times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though, with the Cubs. The Cubs won the World Series. We thought they were going to be a dynasty. They're not a dynasty right now. They're these, really good, yeah. but they're not going to be a multiple championship team. I think I think they definitely – well, because the, the, the National League, especially the National League Central this year, is, is just such a, it's just such a meat grinder You're right. that – it's it's going to be tough because Brewers. Oh yeah, because of course only one of them is going to win, and then there's two wild card spots. Yes, and so you have the Cubs, you have the Cardinals, the Brewers, of course. Uh, the Reds could maybe sneak in. I like the Reds. The Pirates, no, probably not. Probably not. 
But still, that's that's four. Well, the Pirates aren't a bad team. They're not like a White Sox team. They're a decent team. It's just that the other four teams are are, are better. I'm just saying, like, so more, so much it's more a good division. Ahead. That's trying what I'm trying to say. Exactly. So it's it's going to be tough that um, for for the Cubs to solidify themselves as the best in that out of those five, and you know the. I completely forgot what I was going to say. That's okay. But, you're good. I was going to talk about the Reds for a second. Go ahead. I like the Reds. I think they're they. Uh, I've read articles about this. The Ringer wrote an article. I think the Ringer had an article about this. I think it was Michael Bauman about how they are rebuilding, but they're also competing. Like it's kind of like a football mentality. Like in football, you don't really want to tank. Like the Dolphins are obviously tanking, but the Eagles they didn't tank for Carson Wentz. Rams didn't tank technically <laughs> for uh, Jared Goff. But the Reds are doing the same thing in that football mentality where they have a lot of top prospects coming up, a lot of prospects in like double A, triple A. But they also supplemented that talent with pitching that are and hitting, obviously Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Sonny Gray, Alex Wood. They all got those guys in the offseason and they're in short term deals. So if they're really good and young, they can bring them back. But for right now they're just gonna compete for the Reds and the Reds are gonna be competitive. They're gonna get fans back in the stadium, get revenue. Yeah, that's that's not a bad way to go about it. And as I was trying to say, the the Cubs are in a position where every game kind of does matter in a way. For the Cubs? Yeah. I mean, because yeah. last year, everybody was saying the same thing when they had kind of a slow start. And then once they got to the, once they got to the end of the season, they were, they were vying for, uh, they were vying for, no, last year, did they, uh, did the Cubs, me. did the Cubs lose in the wild card last year? No. They won in the wild card. I'm trying to think of. Let me uh, let me do a little research. Hey, why don't we tell, tell us a joke? Why don't we uh, take a quick break? Um, <laughs> it's it's the first it's the first day back from spring break. Everybody's a little frazzled, and we're going on a uh, we're going on a 13 minute segment here. Uh, did a little bit of uh, did a little bit of Cubs talk. Uh, started to touch on the uh, on the Phillies. Yeah, it was fun. So, I, as uh, I said, I went to the game. So. Uh, Tell us about that a little bit more in depth. Oh, boy. I walked into the stadium. Not and, that in depth. Oh, okay. Uh, the energy. How, how, yeah, how was the energy? How was the atmosphere for Bryce Harper's uh, first did game? Did I say this on air? Like, it, the energy was like 2011. Like, I grew up with the good teams like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, and stuff. The energy was like that. I used to go to the games all the time in like 2009, 2008. It was like that. Citizens Bank Park was packed. I mean, you... I mean, I'll go to parking. Like, it was impossible to park. Yeah. I was in a line for 30 minutes. Uh, and then when I got to the parking lot, it turns out it was a handicapped parking lot. So I couldn't park there because I'm not handicapped. So I had to drive around and find another parking lot for 30 minutes. And then I got in the stadium. Well, I didn't even get in the stadium. I walked out of my car. I walked. The lines to get in the stadium were like swirling around and like so many people. I. Wanted to get the game an hour early. I got there on time. You got there on time, like as they were as they were starting, like as the as like the, American the, anthem, yeah. the national anthem was like going. Yeah, it was incredible. Like and like I'm not I'm not complaining. Like that was just like an amazing atmosphere when I got in the stadium. Like Reese Hoskins hit the grand slam in the like seventh. I was just high fiving random dudes, like bro hugging, dapping mm-hmm. up guys. Yeah, that's that was always that's always one of my favorite things is like when something crazy happens and. You just like turn around and start high fiving some stranger, and they're yeah, like, "Oh, hug them. Yeah. oh, hey, okay, yeah, we're doing this." Yeah, and like in Philly, that's all. That's all the time. Like you go to an Eagles game, they score a touchdown, you're hugging people, you're 
I mean, your beer's out of your hand. Brotherly like, love, man. It is. It, it especially when you're with other Eagles fans. Exactly. Um, Philadelphia, I thought, had kind of the reputation of being a, a hostile sports environment. I mean, they are, but to other teams <laughs> and to like Fairweather fans, like, are they? Do you think, on average, the average Philly sports fan is kind of rough around the edges, kind of braggadocious, kind of? That's a good question. Average Philly sports fan? I mean, it depends on like area of Philly. Obviously, I would say probably. I mean, when I went to Philadelphia this past week for spring break. Everything was sports, and like everybody was into it and talking about it, and like the Phillies and Eagles, even like when they Sixers, Sixers especially, yeah. Like the the double header was like sold out. The traffic was crazy, as I said. For it was opening day at the Phillies, and then later that night it was the Sixers, and the stadiums are right next to each other. That's just like the the vibe around a city when like most at least of the teams are doing good. It's it's insane because you know I've I've been living down here for school for the past couple of years and the teams have been bad except you know the Cubs of course but they won the World Series before I started attending Columbia and the Bears were just started being good last semester year, yeah and now I'm about now I'm about, now I'm about, I'm about to go into the real world and you know do all that but when a couple of years ago when the Blackhawks were winning the Stanley Cups. And Derrick Rose was on the Bulls. Yeah. And Lovey Smith was still on the Bears, and they had a defense. That's well, true. Now they now they have a defense again, but for a while yeah. they didn't, and it was it was rough. It was rough here in the city. I yeah. I mean, one sec. Uh, I was gonna say, it's different in Chicago though. It's so much bigger. Philadelphia is so close knit. Like just in terms of like construction. How many of the how city. many people are in Philly? That's a good question. I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chicago is I think. Not as big as Chicago. It's a less than three million. Less than three million. Yeah, Philly probably has like a million at most. Gotcha. It's a major media market, but it's not that big. Is it bigger than Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay. But that's not saying much. Pittsburgh's just a bunch of broken steel. Oh. Oh, fired shots. Uh, but going back to the Phillies, like Philadelphia's atmosphere, like as I said before, everybody's talking about it. Like people have tattoos and stuff. Like. If I go like, hey, you guys know the Eagles hype video that was posted on the Eagles account? Like, everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's in Chicago that's kind of maybe just um, like that whole vibe of you know, you know what they're talking about or like whatever video or marketing thing that they're doing that it's kind of like team team specific. Like, usually, like, of course, a Chicago sports fan is going to know all of it. But there are a ton of selective sports fans. I was gonna say like the Cubs brought a lot of bandwagon. There's a lot. There's a lot of strictly Cubs baseball fans. There's a lot of strictly. There's a lot of strictly Blackhawks fans. And yeah, and we go to an art school, so like, yeah. nobody's a sports fan here. No, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, you're, you're back for the second time. I'm, I'm running out of guests, so I'm running, <laughs> I'm running out of brand new, fresh people. But you know, you're. It's it's good that uh, yeah I get it. It's, you it's just don't want me here. Yeah. No, I, that's not ex- that's not what I said. I mean, that is what exactly what you said. No, you're. You just want new people. At, I'm boring to you. No, I'm trying to bring in as much people, as much radio and sports professionals or aspiring professionals as possible. Yeah, I'm just not a professional. 
Um, so I was on this. <laughs> I got. I got. got you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be back a second time if you sucked. Oh, Let's just thank put it that you. way. Oh, shucks. I was in a lift. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Let everything. me talk about my story now. Thanks. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I met with a famous guy. He's a famous Philly guy. His name's Seamus Clancy. He. Did you ever see this when there was like, he went to my high school, so I mutually know him. But he did this Eagles Super Bowl World War II kiss thing. You know, where the, it went viral. It was all over the news. Where it's like, he like. I probably did see it. Yeah, or like, he recreated the World War II famous kiss when the World War II was over. He recreated oh, that yes, at the yes. Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I met with that guy, and then I took a lift to the airport to come home. And the lift driver was like, classic Philly guy. And he was like, he had somehow his arms crossed, but he's still driving the vehicle. You know, he's like got tattoos, <laughs> sleeveless shirt. He's like, "Yo, boss, yo, dog, yo, dog, <laughs> yo, boss." Uh, how do you think about that Deshaun trade? And I'm like, "That's my Lyft driver talking to Deshaun with me. Like, that's just insane to me." He had a giant, you know, Chevy Equinox. Like, were you wearing Eagles gear? Of course, that's okay. all I wear. I was gonna say he just like picked you out of a crowd, like young man. <laughs> well, like even if he was like in a random crowd, like. Like, you get to pick someone up in an Uber in Philly. You're going to talk Eagles for sure. Probably. You're going to turn on 94 WIP. Talking football. Always talking Eagles football. That was a good radio voice. That's what they do. That's their that's their Eagles uh, motto. Radio. Eagles radio. We have the Phillies and the Eagles here on WCRXFM. Oh, not no, not on this station. We don't, Should I just false advertise for the rest of the show? We do not carry Philadelphia sports on this station. Oh, I wish that. We my don't dream. even carry Chicago sports on this. We don't even carry the Quidditch matches that Columbia has. Oh, maybe stinks. Maybe we should inquire about announcing some of those. So remember when we were supposed to talk baseball? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. It's free flowing conversation. I love stuff it. Stuff happens. Um, before we get out of here for this, uh, for our bottom of the hour break. Um, what do you think of the Phillies so far in these first three or four games? They look amazing. I think there's a lot of questions with the starting pitching. I think they are going to have to acquire an arm at the trade deadline. But ultimately, I think they have the lineup that's like death by paper cuts, just walk after walk after walk after all-star after all-star. That They're going to go far. I think they're going to obviously make the playoffs. I think they're going to finish first in the division. I think it's just a matter of how far they're going to make in the playoffs. Gotcha. So talked a little bit about the Cubs. We will get to the Sox in a little bit. Um, you know, socks are socks. Socks are always coming, coming second fiddle in this city. It kind of sucks because, you know, the the fact that the Cubs dominate so much with with the fan base. Um, even when the White Sox are good and even competing, sometimes people just don't give a crap. You're right. I mean, because he grew up with the Cubs being so dominant. Like, why would you not be a Cubs fan? Well, I mean. Well, not dominant in the sense of like, <laughs> oh, the Cubs are good. More dominant in like, my dad's a Cubs fan. Yeah, there's a lot of history. A lot of more more all-time greats have flown through the Cubs than yeah. than the Sox. I feel like you know, I I am a I am a Sox fan, but I do seem to crap on them a lot. Um, but that's the best kind of fan, self-deprecating. I mean, you're kind of right. I've been doing that with the Bulls all season, but uh, once again, we will get to it. We discussed baseball in the first half hour. Now we are going to transition to NCAA basketball and uh, the March Madness tournament. I know Jake has been itching and chomping at the bit to get this one started. Yeah, I, I want to talk about my bad bracket. Go for it. Floor, floor is all yours. So in ESPN, I have a 7% correct rate in uh, my similar bracket. I don't know what changed, but 
after picking uh, six, the fate of 64 teams. I got 7%. 7% right. is correct. Yeah, I uh, I picked it a lot of upsets, and guess what? This year was all chalk. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, because normally when you get a lot of upsets, there's a lot of like bad second-round matchups where you're like, Oh, like this Liberty Virginia Tech matchup wasn't interesting at all, mm-hmm. except for the clowns in the section. Like, li- did you see those little clowns? Uh, I don't think so. Liberty has like a clown posse. Oh no! And they're not like the insane, cl- insane, insane clown, posse. clown posse. They're not like that. They're just like they dressed up as clowns and they're like, well, I don't want to make this joke because we're on public, but like, it was just like a bunch of insane Christian clowns. <laughs> Christian <laughs> Liberty's clowns. very devout oh. Christian. I'm trying to think of like a Christian version of insane. Clown I mean, they posse. just looked insane, but they were also Christian somehow. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh man, let's avoid that. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I so picked Duke to win. Yeah, I picked Duke to win in both my brackets. Obviously, Duke got bounced by Michigan State. Yes, that was uh, that was a big time upset. Uh, it was a big time upset, but you knew it was going to happen. I felt like it was going to happen in UCF game. Like I watched that at home. And Taco Fall is just amazing. I love Taco Fall. I wish he was that back was for another game, year. Yeah. And then, like, Virginia Tech. I love Ahmad Hill. He missed the game-winning shot. But, like, I didn't watch a lot of Virginia Tech this year. I watched maybe two, three games. But I didn't know Ahmad Hill was such an emotional player. He was like a, I don't want to say glue guy, but he's just like an emotional leader of the team. You mm-hmm. can tell. And that shot, he's a senior. That shot, like, devastated him. You could tell, like, that stinks for that guy. So who who did you have in the Final Four? Oh, you don't want to hear that. I'll tell you though. <laughs> uh, I had Duke, obviously. I had Syracuse, mm. eighth seed Syracuse, lost in the first round. That's uh, that's a rough look. Yeah, I mean Syracuse. It's uh, what I figured was like every off year, like Syracuse, like goes <laughs> like to the, the San Final Francisco Four. Giants. Yeah, like there's Syracuse didn't go that far this year. Last year, I figured they go far this year. I mean, the two three zone just stumbles some teams. Like I figured. Gonzaga would like go cold against them in the second round and then do a major upset. That's what Syracuse always does. They lost in the first round to Baylor, though. <laughs> All right, other two teams. Uh, I picked Tennessee. That mm. was a big upset. I mean, Rick Barnes just isn't a great coach. I love Grant Williams. I love Admiral Schofield. We'll talk about them later in the draft segment, next segment. Uh, and then I picked UNC. Okay. I mean, that's pretty chalky, but like... No, that's... I mean, because... How many times have we seen the number one the number one team go all the way? Especially if it is a Duke, a True. UNC. I mean, one of these powerhouses that's just churning out NBA players. You're right, but this year it just seemed like through. I watched a moderate amount of college basketball. It just seemed like the top seeds were so much better than the rest of the field, and it, I felt that way until like I saw Duke play. Y'all, oh my God, they struggled every facet. Like they, I feel like they had a. They had a pretty good start to like the tournament play. Yeah, because they faced a 16 seed, and then they just kind of faltered because they they don't have shooting. They, they were going up against guys like Taco Fall, you know. Yeah, and like they relied on Zion too. I don't want to say too much, but like they just needed more shooting. They had three shooters on the floor at a time, and like you saw, teams were not guarding Trey Jones. And obviously, in uh, the Virginia Tech game, Trey Jones was hitting shots, and they. Didn't guard the uh, Marquise Bolden in that game after Trey Jones didn't shot, and there was no problem. Like they had, they just had too many non-factors on offense. They had three of the top recruits in the whole nation who can shoot threes, dunk, drive, pass, 
and they couldn't get it done because they didn't have a great team built together. And Zion, Zion Barrett and Reddish. Reddish yeah. yeah, and Trey Jones was the top point guard, mm-hmm. even though he was like probably like 20s, 30s in ESPN's ranking. Yeah, they, I think I saw somewhere he might get picked like 15 to 20 range. Yeah, he's going to get picked in the draft, but he's not a great shooter. He might be like his brother, like a yeah, good backup point guard. Yeah, Tyus brother, right? Yeah, Tyus Jones' brother, so... They're very similar players. They're going to get drafted in the same range, and they're going to be like great backup point guards. Is there a team that you were high on that you thought for sure was going to was going to get farther than they did? Iowa State. I like them a lot. They have a guy who's been rising up draft boards, Jalen Horton Tucker. I'm not that big of a fan of him, but they had this scorer named Lindell Wigginton. They had a lot of good players on that Iowa State team. I was surprised. I picked them to go to the Elite Eight. Obviously, they didn't. They got bounced in the first round to uh, Ohio State, which stinks because Ohio State stinks. Mm-hmm. I, I had nothing against Ohio State basketball, but like they were just not good this year. Yeah, the Cyclones have been pretty good in, in recent years because yeah, they, uh, they had Fred Hoiberg when they uh, yeah. started to kind of resurrect themselves. Yeah. Then he went to the Bulls and, you know, the rest is history. I watched a good amount of Iowa State this year. I, I forget the name of the good players, but like, they they were just a well-built team. They could score a lot. I like them. I didn't like uh, Gonzaga a lot. I didn't like LSU a lot until I saw them play in the tournament. Whereas, like, LSU, obviously, they had the coach scandal. Like, you know about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, okay, they're going to get upset in the first round. They don't have a head coach. But, like, LSU is so talented. They have a five-star center in Nas Reed, who's a freshman. He's, like, shoot threes, rim runner. Like, he's a great player. Tremont Waters, like... He's just a great player as well. Like, they had a bunch of athletic guards. Like, Will Wade did a great job building that roster. You got to question, like, should have Ben Simmons tried, maybe? Because it was, that was, like, two years ago. Some of the same guys are still on the team. Uh, I love Maryland. Uh, I did a Twitter thing where, like, I posted, like, Maryland was my sleeper team in the tournament. Like, I just love college basketball, obviously, because I'm going to name a lot of teams. But well, you know more about it than I do. That's for sure. Thank you. I, I'll take pride in that, I guess. Uh, Maryland had Bruno Fernando. They didn't have a lot of dynamic guards. They had guards that were streaky. But you know Bruno Fernando, he's a seven-two center. I think he's going to leave for after, he's going to get drafted in the first round this year, late first round. He's a really athletic rim runner. He could post up. I like Bruno a lot. He's in, very inconsistent. Uh, like he got stopped by like a Penn State. I mean Penn State has no big men, but like when he's on, he's like a great post up threat obviously it's not going to work in a modern nba he's going to be more of a rim runner rim protector mm-hmm. but i love bruno i think he's going to be steel in like early second round this year oh geez yeah i some of these guys i've some of these guys you're talking about i haven't heard of but i'm going to be taking mental notes when the when the bulls are on the clock in the second round um the bulls for for right now they are currently in the fourth spot for the nba draft so if the ping pong balls fall how they're supposed to on paper, then the Bulls are probably not going to be able to draft Zion, John Morant, or R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Which makes me a little uneasy. Yeah. Kind of makes me feel like the whole season was a was a waste. Kind of. Do you? Th- are there any guys that the Bulls could take after those top three guys that would probably would maybe have the best shot at? developing into a top quality player yeah i mean i'm looking at a mock draft right now they have them selecting Jarrett culver i don't think the bulls are going to do that i think that'd be a smart move for them but Jarrett culver would switch the defensive intensity the culture i think jim boylan would like him because 
Jim Boylan's coaching for another reason, for some some odd reason. But uh, I don't think they're going to do that because they have Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to probably go for a small forward type in that traditional NBA sense because they're not the smartest front office. So I think they go Cam Reddish. See, the thing is, before they before they traded for Otto Porter, that's true. They, but I think they can I, play. You're right. Keep going. Keep going. I, I was. Because I want, I want the, I want the Bulls to draft. You obviously, are. if they have the number one pick, I want them to take Zion. Yeah, everybody. And if they get the number two, then I want them to take John Morant because we yeah. desperately need a point guard. Yeah, we desperately need a point guard for the future. The thing is about if we do get that number one pick, it was an easier decision before we had Otto Porter, and it's still a pretty easy decision now. But at that point, you would have Porter, Markinen, Carter. Um and Zion on the on the roster. Yeah, you'd probably have to move someone. So you have a lot of front court depth, but yeah, your and back like, your back court was still 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 pretty shaky. All yeah. you have is pretty. All you have basically is Levine. The, yeah, but you still don't have any wings behind Otto Porter. First of all, yeah, I mean Chandler Hutchison could maybe develop into something. He's been a little injured, uh, a little bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think Cam Reddish is the pick. I think Cam Reddish is. A very good player, and he wasn't able to show it at Duke. I think Cam Reddish was – he signed – so R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson reclassified, so they were originally going to be in the draft next year, but they reclassified because they were so smart in quotation marks. And they graduated high school early, and they got to be in the draft this year. They got to go to college this year. Um, and Cam Reddish signed a year prior to their reclassification. So Cam Reddish was originally going to be Duke star. He was going to be their Jason Tatum this year, their Marvin Bagley this year. And I think he's fully capable of being that talented. Do you think um, – oh, yeah, th- It was going to be like the Trey Jones and Cam Reddish show this year before Zion and RJ, and I think that would have been a great team. So it's kind of like uh, the same situation that Wendell Carter was in last year. Yes. He was behind Marvin Bagley, and some people say that he was as good or maybe even better than him. I'd probably say for the NBA at least he's a better NBA player. In college, I mean, Marvin Bagley's insane. Mm-hmm. But at the highest levels of basketball, if you want to go to the playoffs in basketball and like defend in the playoffs, Wendell Carter can switch, Wendell Carter can rim protect, Wendell Carter can space the floor. That's all you want in a modern big. Yeah, it's true, and I'm glad the Bulls got him. Even though I kind of wanted them to take Mo Bamba, I'm, I'm glad they got Wendell. Yeah, I mean, Mo Bamba was taken before them. I think every passing day I'm getting lower on Mo Bamba, yeah. even though I love his name, Probably. I love him. But I think Wendell Carter is like was the safe pick, obviously. But he's going to be really good. Yeah, he should uh, he should be able to bounce back after uh, after his thumb injury next season. We've been talking March Madness, and now we're going to talk a little bit uh, a little bit about the players in particular. Uh, we're going to discuss the NBA draft and what players could be going where, and uh, what teams could be what teams uh, what directions front offices are going in. So we touched a little bit about we touched a little bit on what the Bulls could possibly do. Uh, they're sitting at the fourth the fourth overall uh, odds for the number one for the number one draft pick, and R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, and John Morant are the big three that are probably going to go in some some order of that. It's probably going to be Zion, Ja, R.J. Yeah, but um, those three are definitely going number one, and the Bulls could take. 
Cam Reddish. They can take a guy maybe like Kobe White. I know I've heard his name get yeah, thrown around a lot. Yeah, he's been uh, moving up draft boards. I don't know if I like him that much. He's really good. Yeah, I've, I've heard him. Maybe he's like a like around like a ten pick. Yeah, around if they trade back, I would draft Kobe White. Like, yeah, I feel like he might be a reach at four. Him, Darius Garland. Like, I don't know a yeah, lot I've about Darius Garland because he hasn't played a lot this year, but he's a prototypical point guard more than Kobe White. Kobe White's like. A scorer, uh, maybe. maybe more maybe. of a scorer. He can, you know, he can dish it, but he's more of a scorer. Mm-hmm. So the Bulls are in. They're in. A, they're in a tiny predicament at the moment, but um, you know, I I wish I could say that I have faith in the front office, but I just have That's to. That's not gonna happen. I just have to hope and pray that they pick the right guy or that they fall into the the top three pick with the lottery. Um, so, where do you think? I know this is probably a dumb question because he could probably fit anywhere, but where do you think Zion would fit best out of fit best. out of the teams like Phoenix, New York, Cleveland? So just like from a pure team coach, other players fit. Yeah, like what okay. what what roster can he get put on? And I would love to see him in the Hawks. I love I Lloyd Pierce was a former Sixers coach. He did wonders. He was a lot. He's big in the development of Joel Embiid and Robert Covington. I think he could help Zion a lot. Lloyd Pierce uh, and just Trey Young with lobbing it to Zion would be a lot of fun. I think they're building a good product down in in Atlanta, and I think Zion would be a great fit down there. They have the fifth pick right now. They also are projected to have uh, the Dallas pick at six, but Dallas's pick is top three protected. Oh yeah, from the uh, from the Doncic trade. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I would just love to see that. I mean, Sun. I mean, I. Not a big New York Knicks guy. I don't think they have a lot of depth. They're going to sign probably KD and Kyrie this offseason. I'd like to see Zion in that situation, but I think it might be a little toxic for him. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's probably the best landing spot for him. Uh, They'd probably trade it for a veteran or something. Maybe. Um, see, I'm I'm thinking, like, they're they're... The Knicks are probably most definitely going to sign at least one superstar just because yeah, they have Yeah, and, and I don't know how space. that's going to affect Zion. Yeah, if you if you throw him on the team immediately with with Kevin Durant and yeah. Kyrie Irving, I think Kevin Durant signing there is a foregone conclusion. And you put Zion and Kevin Durant on the same team, that'd be insane. I think David Fisdale would love that. I lo- I like David Fisdale a lot. Same here. But I just don't. I don't know if their personalities would mesh because Zion doesn't really have like a strong personality. Kevin KD has a big patty personality. Mm-hmm. I think Zion would be a bigger star than KD. Not like in terms of playing, but just in terms of marketability. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Zion coming out and being this this hot product that you know, like nobody's nobody's seen him play in the NBA. So all you have all you have to market with is is the hype, and that's kind of easy to, to market to work yeah, with. Yeah, and he's the dunk guy. He's the guy who can jump high and dunk. Like, yeah, that's really easy to market. He's the number one overall pick. Just Put him in a Knicks jersey, you know, take some cinematic below shots. Like his hair and, like, there's a tunnel of play, lights behind him, yeah. Play uh, the ecstasy of gold behind him from Good, Bad, and the Ugly and just have college highlights of him yamming on people and New York's going to go wild. You're right. I agree. <laughs> that's all you need to do. Yeah, you're right. I mean... I mean, in high school, that's how he got noticed was the dunk videos, right? You're right, yeah. And then, like, people were doubting he'd be good, but, like... Obviously, he's great. I mean, even even Sean Oakman in the NFL, uh, not the NFL, but the NCAA, when he was at Baylor, he kind of 
got memed into existence with that. Uh, with yeah, that, he's, with, I still with see the pictures picture, of that. Yeah, with the 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 picture of his jersey. Yeah, and exposing his like twelve pack underneath. Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, just go further continuing the Fitz thing. I don't know how he'd fit in Phoenix. I think it'd be a ball to have him with Devin Booker, and I don't know how he'd fit with Aiton is the problem. But I think Igor Kakashkov is his, it's their coach. He's a really offensive-minded guy. He's really smart. I think that'd be an interesting fit. I just don't know how he'd fit next to DeAndre Aiden. I think, like, Zion can shoot. It'd be very fun. I just don't – I'm not the biggest fan of DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's going to be very good. I just don't think he's going to be great. And I don't like the Phoenix Suns owners at all. I think they're going to hire another dumb GM. Honestly, like you look at what who they're interviewing for their GM job, it's like I know, Kevin McHale. Like, oh, they're probably oh, gonna hire a Kevin McHale type or like Kenny the Jet Smith to be their GM. No, Kenny has to stay at TNT. I know, and it's like, no, you can't break up that show. I I agree, but also you can make that guy your GM. Like, you want somebody. Sm- Smart basketball savvy who can put together a smart team like get Sam Hinkie obviously but like get someone who's up and coming or something like that. Has Kenny had any front office experience? No, I don't think they interviewed him. I was just like giving examples. They well, they, I know for, his, they for sure interviewed Kevin McHale because I know his name has been thrown around with head coaching. head coaching and even a little bit of GM talks. But I don't think he's going to front office. If he's going anywhere, he's going to be coaching. Yeah. I but think, I don't think he's going to be head coach anytime soon. I just, I don't know how anybody could leave a cushy TV job. I agree. You know, I like agree. I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, it depends on your drive, your intensity, what you want to do. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously I, I've i never been an NBA player and I don't have that kind of competitive heart in me. But you would think that at 50, 60 years old, if you're one of those guys, you would just want to sit back and watch basketball and get paid for it at that that's point. That's true. I mean, you're at least tired. That's, that's how I think. <laughs> yeah, but you're not an NBA player for a reason. Yep, there you go. Like Kobe's doing all There's this all, stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's just got all, he's not coaching obviously, but he's got he can just do whatever he wants he's and making still documentaries. Doing, yeah, and stuff like that, yeah. like cartoons, yeah. <laughs> Is there a Kobe cartoon? I think his documentary or no, he yeah, he made a Kobe short and it won an Oscar last year. Not this past year, but the two years ago. I, guess. I thought he made a. Do- yeah, I thought he made a documentary. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, Kobe Oscar. Also, um, when we were talking about the Cubs and how they lost in the NLCS last year, animated, they didn't. yeah, best short film. Animated. They didn't. They won in the wild card. I was wrong. <laughs> they lost in the wild card. He won best animated short film at the 2017 Oscars. Huh. I'll have to check that out. Or 2018 best. Uh, 2018 I'll, watch, I'll watch that before I check out Space Jam 2. I don't know about that. I'm not a big Kobe guy, but uh, I, I I love Space Jam. It's a childhood movie of mine. It's okay. As a Michael Jordan fan... It probably fan, doesn't hold up. I haven't yeah. seen it in like As a Michael years. Jordan and Chicago Bull fan, the movie is okay. The The acting is what, 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 what you would you expect. expect. The acting is what you'd expect, you know... The the Looney Tunes bits are Looney Tunes bits. Yeah, they're hit or miss. There's like you go back and watch like 1930s Three Stooges comedy, and it's like yeah, it's never gonna hit. <laughs> it's just we're so much. I don't say advanced, but we're so far ahead of that right now. Well, I mean, like I I could still watch some Three Stooges or like Tom and Jerry and like yeah, it's like classic human struggle. It can work, but so, status uh, is always gonna relate to us. It's but good, it's even good, then, it's, 
it's going to be either hit or miss. Yeah. You know, like there's only so many times you could see Curly get hit on the head with a shovel. You're but, right. you know, every every once in a while, you know, seeing the, you know, the, the you know, it's, yeah, you know, the, the, the it's funny. Thing, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you know, every no, once no, in a no. while. Yeah. We have been discussing March Madness, uh, MLB opening weekend, a little bit of uh, at the NBA draft. We're going to get into the NBA playoffs uh, right now, momentarily. Let's do it. So, who you got? Who's winning it all? <laughs> Obviously the Warriors. Yeah. I mean... It's going to be a more interesting year, I think. I think the East is going to be able to put up more of a fight against the Warriors. I think, A, the Warriors are more decrepit, and the East is just better this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're built to fight the Warriors. I think whoever gets out from the East, either... I don't think Milwaukee's going to make it, but I, uh, you know the top four teams, uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, and then if Boston is able to put it together, which I don't think they will, but... If they do it's put it together, yeah. yeah, if they do put it together, I think all four of those teams can put up a great fight. Like, they're just not Golden State killers, but they're built to fight Golden State. And I think they can do that. I think Golden State's a little bit, not in, like clamoring, but they're not the best that they've been. Yeah. This, obviously, they're probably the running away team to, to win it all based on all the talent and experience they have. Um, it would be it would be cool to see a team like Denver, uh, yeah, I maybe mean, maybe edge them out or or whatever. But in terms of the Eastern Conference, I think personally the Sixers probably have the best chance. Oh shucks! Thanks. And the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think those are smart choices. I think third, you'd probably have to put the Raptors, and then of course the Celtics are. I think I'd, Under, I'd the, the Celtics right now are underneath those three teams, but they yeah. they do have the talent and ability to become yeah a, I agree. a threat. Uh, and the West is just insane this year. I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now. OKC is in the eighth seed. Houston. Yeah, OKC is in the eighth seed. They're 44 and 33. That's 11 games above 500, and they're in the eighth seed. So the one versus eight could Would be. be an upset. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think. I think if it maybe OKC's, maybe if they play Denver, yeah, you're right. But yeah, uh, the the Warriors just have too much firepower to lose in the first round. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they have too much pride to. to yeah, do that. exactly. They're gonna go hard to beat Russell Westbrook. I mean, Kevin Durant's gonna drop like fifty every night. But I do think it's an interesting, like the West was so hyped up. Obviously, and the East is not as good. But I do think there's a lot of interesting matchups in the East in the first round. It is crazy that the year after LeBron leaves the East, the East just becomes incredible. Yeah, you're right. I think I think even though like everybody's like, oh, they're they were scared of LeBron, now they're building their teams. I think it's partially it, but I don't think that's all of it. I think Milwaukee could beat the Bucks. I mean, Milwaukee can beat the Cavs from last year. I think I think the Cavs are probably the fourth best team from last year if they were putting this category probably actually because well obviously they had isaiah thomas at the beginning of the season but then they basically did yeah a if you swap just transplant that team line. to this year who so who who was on that team Nobody. going into the jordan, playoffs i mean it's jordan kind of Clarkson, the same roster george hill. During, george hill uh LeBron, kevin love kevin love tristan thompson jr smith uh nobody yeah that I mean, Shetty it's, Osman. Oh, dude, the goat. The it goat, is. Yeah. It is kind of weird that LeBron was able to take that team 
I know. And the Cavs team in, what was it, 07, 09? Yeah, yeah. That, he took that team to the finals as well, but he couldn't take the team with Ingram and Kuzma to the finals. It speaks a lot to, to, to the, the talent. Even. Yeah, speaks a lot to the talent of the Lakers. I think it speaks more to LeBron's new philosophy on things. And also he was hurt, but... he Yeah, he was hurt a lot, and there were other injuries to other key players. But there was a lot left to be desired, I feel. I by, agree. I think... By, by Laker fans, by NBA fans. By, yeah, I wouldn't trade everybody. a lot for any of those young players right now. Do you think... Um, well, obviously, the, the Lakers were willing to pawn off all of those guys for Anthony Davis. Would that have been a smart move? For the Pelicans? Uh, for the Lakers. For the Lakers, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of those guys are very good. You don't think? Well, the thing was that they were, who was it? Alonzo uh, Ball, Ingram, Hart, and Kuzma. Yeah, I mean, like, I those, wouldn't. Those are your, those guys are like considered your core, right? Yeah, I agree. But like, I, I think Hart's probably, Hart and Kuzma are probably the best out of those. I, I mean, Alonzo's good. He's got a lot of potential. I don't think he fits with LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo is an interesting, an interesting I think player be, for that team. Yeah, I think he'd be an interesting player elsewhere. Maybe Phoenix. Phoenix, I'd, I'd like that. I think he'd be able to push the pace, play with Devin Booker, because Devin Booker can shoot. I mean, Lonzo can defend better than Devin, so I think they'd be able to pull it off. Um, do you think um, – well, what, what do you think about the, the decision to shut down LeBron James? I, I wasn't surprised. Like – do you think, um, like, are you of the mindset that they're just tanking, and I'm fine with that? So they're giving up. Yeah, and you, they're you're waving you're all the white flag, and I'm fine with that. You're in favor of players just let just letting well, it go. Why would he play? He's got so like I don't understand why people complain. I guess because like you've got so many minutes of LeBron left. Why would he play meaningless minutes? Yeah, a lot of people seem to be attacking that kind of philosophy, and you know if you're if you're a fan and if you're going to the games and you know that's one thing but if you think about it from the organizational standpoint Smart, and yeah. you want to have you want to maybe get a better draft pick i guess i was having this conversation with my dad um he you know he's old school nba kind of yeah, philosophy he's probably going to text me in a minute and threaten to kick my ass but you know he's he he's the he's the kind of guy who play all the games, don't sit out because you I want it, to, yeah. you know, and I respect that. I respect, I respect the hell out of that. However, if you are in the position of the Lakers and you have an injured LeBron for only so many, for only so much time and you're already dead in the water and the whole season's been a, a Let dumpster him fire. fully heal. Yeah, just, just shut it down and forget about it. But if you're going to bottom out, why not bottom out? Yeah. Now? It's still fun to rib on LeBron, but what yeah, are you do? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, I was gonna talk about like East matchups are interesting. I don't know how Indiana is this good, but they're this good. I mean, I said that last year mm-hmm. with Victor Oladipo. Now they don't even have Victor Oladipo. They're still amazing. I think like the East. I think the East is gonna be entirely entertaining throughout the tournament or throughout the playoffs, I should say. Because uh, Toronto is going to play Brooklyn. That's the two and seven seeds. I mean, it's going to flip flop, but like right now, it's two seven Toronto Brooklyn. That's a really interesting matchup. That is a fun one. Uh, and then I mean, Philly Detroit. Obviously, Philly is going to win that, but Blake Griffin's going to go off several games. Yeah, see, be, see, seeing seeing Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond in the playoffs will be interesting. 
Yeah, it's it's like going to be like the Heat series last year for the Sixers where they might lose one or two, but they're going to win mm-hmm. the series for sure. And then Milwaukee, Miami. I mean, that's probably going to be a bloodbath for Miami, but like, as yeah, just just let the. It's still interesting. Like they still have a not a puncher's chance, but they don't have any chance. But it's, they're going to make a fight out of it at least. I'd rather Milwaukee than like who Charlotte, who have no depth. Is uh, Charlotte playing? Um... Charlotte playing Boston at the moment? Uh, let me check. Uh, let me check uh, sh- right now. Uh, Miami is playing Boston. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Miami and Boston. I feel like my... Mm, uh, Boston's winning. Boston's winning that one, but I feel like Miami might be able to scare them. Oh, you mean in the playoffs or yeah. like currently right now? In the playoffs. Oh, no, sorry. Miami is playing Milwaukee in the playoffs. Miami's oh, an eight okay. seed. Okay, okay. Right now, Boston is playing Indiana. I think there's major upset potential right there. Yeah, that's... Because Indiana is just so good and you don't know why and it's hard to scheme for them. And Bojan Bogdanovich is an amazing player. We're going to go into the NFL and discuss a little bit about that. Um, probably the biggest bit of news that's come out of the no fun league is the they are implementing a new pass interference rule change which is basically in response to the nfc championship no call between um rams cornerback nick nickel nickel roby coleman nickel roby coleman and the saints wide receiver tommy lee lewis obviously um if you haven't seen the call it's um well, it's it's blatant. Uh, Tommy Lee Lewis is running a route, and Roby Coleman is covering him tightly. Um, as the ball is being thrown through the air by Drew Brees, it's about five ten yards away from every from any from any player, and Roby Coleman shoves or tackles him. But yeah, basically tackles Tommy Lee Lewis. Uh, should have been a should have been an obvious flag. But it wasn't, and the Rams went on to win the NFC t- uh, title game. Now you could say that the Saints had the chance in overtime, but... They did. We'll talk about that. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, they could have won in overtime. They had every opportunity. But if they would have gotten that call, that scenario would have never even taken place. You're right. It should not have gone that, to overtime in the first place. I think you're forgetting a key fact right now. Sean Payton's a big baby. Well, there's no denying that. And I think it's on his shoulders to be like, instead of, like, I I was reading tweets about, like, this news came out at the NFL owners meeting where all the coaches and owners meet up mm-hmm. and they give press conferences and Sean Payton was in one of the rooms and he hears, hears the news and he goes on a victory strut or whatever. I don't know what that even means. And he, like, it's like, oh, we did it. I I finally won my crusade. And, like, that's not what a head coach should be doing. I don't think like a mature head coach would do that. I don't think a, a mature head coach would be like, like I'm not an old school football guy, but I think he's just being a whiny baby and he didn't win much. Like you still lost the game. Like mm-hmm. just take it on the chin and see like, Hey, we could have won the game. Even if we, even without the call, you know, it's like, it's on our defense. It's on me as a head coach. And we, sh- we had a hall of fame quarterback with the ball and in, in overtime and we didn't do anything with it. Through a pick. Through a pick. I was I was really gunning to see Drew Brees in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't care. I mean, 
I didn't want to see Tom Brady, but yeah, I just, you get what you get. The most you don't throw Super Bowl yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, so the the rule change, a lot of people are in favor of it, of course, and there are some critics. Um, 49ers, San Francisco 49ers cornerback, former Seahawks cornerback, uh, Richard Sherman is one of the one of the critics of the new rule change. Uh, he says that the implementation is basically going to give referees the ability to run a rough shot and call the game as they see fit. Um, I think that's kind of an overreaction that the refs are now going to be, they're going to have, they're going to feel some kind of responsibility or some kind of uh, wherewithal. I'm trying to think of the right word here. What are you thinking of? Like That they're going to have, that the refs are going to have this sense of entitlement to call the game that how they want instead of how it's actually being played because the the rule is supposed to be it's supposed to be it's supposed to make the game it's not going to take away from the flow of the game at least it's not supposed to it, it probably is. will it's going to um and how much it's used whether or not it's being abused what richard sherman is getting at at least to me sounds like he thinks that the refs are just going to they're going to call pass interference when they can, or if they, or if they get a challenge to review it, they're not going to do anything, or they're just going to make up their own decision. Yeah, I mean... Which I guess, in a way, is valid, but... It's valid. But to think that, but to think that the refs are going to be 100% against corners and receivers now? I just, I think that you can... I don't want to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy, obviously. You can call pass interference on so many plays. Mm-hmm. You can call uh, holding on. I mean, Khalil Mack gets held every every play he tries yeah. to rush because he's close. They kind of have to. Yeah, and like part of that's like mistaking physicality for pass interference. Part of it's like just like real pass interference that goes uncalled. That's just part of the game, I guess. But I don't know if this is the correct way to do it. I think it'd be wiser to like better train your referees or something i mean that's a little unheard of i mean well i the thing the thing is obviously this this is an immediate reaction to the nfc game sean payton's whining at pro scores conference he's like drumming up the city of new orleans new orleans is going to revolt and we're going to boycott the super bowl we're going to do this and this and this yeah so obviously this move this rule change is in pretty much direct response to that incident and what i think what the the mindset and the goal here is that if if the coach believes that something so egregious did not get called then that's when they then that's when they yeah and they only have they have two flags a third flag if they get one right yeah so i mean they're gonna be wise with it i i'm okay with it i'm like iffy about it a because of sean payton and my just Dane, and I'm so unbiased. Uh, and B, it's going to slow down the games, and you can call pass interference on every play. And it's just going to, like, it's going to, I mean, it's going to help a lot of games. Like, you remember that game? It was the Lions Cowboys several years ago where there was a controversial non call where it should have been a pass interference call. Mm-hmm. That would have changed the game. Uh, I think it's going to do a lot, but I don't know if that's going to be good. It's, yeah, it's going to do a lot. It's going to do a lot of good and a lot of bad because I'm sure there's going to be there's going to be a game where it's going to be decided where they made the right call and there's going to be 
uh, a game where the ref makes a decision and it's still questionable. Yeah, and it's going to be a big talking point. The more I talk about it, the more I'm on board. Just because, like, I I kind of wish all calls would be reviewable like that. Like, and it it might it might not even it might not be entirely perfect this first season. They're obviously going to try to. Yeah, roll. you've never been it, able it, to yeah, challenge a penalty. They're going to try to see what they see what uh, the coaches do and how people use and or abuse it and probably go from there. Um, I, it'd be interesting to see if they tried it on the NCAA first or something like that. Just yeah, as a maybe, testing ground. Yeah, I but feel, I, I mean, no maybe, better maybe time than the present uh, to do it, you know? Well, I mean, maybe they could do it in the AAF right now. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they could try. <laughs> I could tell you the receivers aren't good enough to get open. In a <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um, so, so that's going to be taking place and being implemented starting next season. And um, um, what else is going on uh, with the NFL? OBJ... Uh, Odell Beckham yeah. got introduced uh, finally as a Cleveland Brown today, and do you want to get my thoughts on the trade? I would love to hear your thoughts on the trade. The Giants are so dumb. <laughs> they're so dumb. I yeah. love it. It's not I'm so happy they're in my division. It's not a great run organization. I mean, you look at the NFC East. You see the Eagles, one of the best run organizations in sports, in my opinion, my very biased opinion. And then you look at well, I mean, the Washington you, I don't, football team. I don't think you'd be wrong. They are. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. Howie Roseman's showing he's one of the more upper echelon executives. Jeff Lurie, he doesn't have a lot of downfalls like other owners. Like, talking about downfalls in owners, Washington football team, Dan Schneider, terrible. Poorly run. Never going to be a competitor with that owner. Uh, Jerry Jones go, always goes for the flashy move. I, I'd say they're never going to be a competitor again. And then you look at... Uh, New York, and they have Dave Gettleman running the show, who's trying to run an older AAF offense, like as like he, he, Pat an, Shermer with an old, old AAF decrepit. quarterback, yeah, old AAF quarterback. Yes, well, I love yeah, it. Who's who's won two Super Bowls, but whatever. I mean, we had this conversation last time we talked what, about what, Nick have, what have you done for me lately? Exactly. Exactly. Also, he's not good. But what was I going to say? I just don't think that. The uh, NFC. Giants are stupid. Yeah, Giants are stupid. <laughs> I mean, Giants saying bad. enough. Like, Giants <laughs> bad. They're going to run Saquon to the ground, which stinks. I love Saquon he's, as a person, as a running back, as a player. He's just going to be running to the ground by them. And I don't think – I mean, they have a pretty good offensive line. It's decent. They need a right tackle. They're probably going to draft a right tackle early on you or think get an edge rusher. You think they're going to take a quarterback? You think you're going to take Dwayne Haskins? I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I think they're going to – Maybe they'll take him at 17. They'll take Daniel Jones at 17. No matter who they're taking, I think it's going to be a bad quarterback. <laughs> now, not just because of my Giants bias. I just don't like the, a lot of the, quarterbacks. The dra- the class isn't strong. I like Kyler a lot, but I think he's going number one overall or to the Raiders. And I I mean, Dwayne Haskins is probably the second best to me, but he's not very good. I think he's and he's like a developmental guy. I mean, they'd sit him for a year, obviously, and it'd be another tanking year for them. But I don't think Drew Locke is good. I don't. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is good. I, Will Greer is terrible. Like, I love Will Greer. I think he's an interesting guy. His nickname's Thrill Greer. Like, mm. he, I loved him in West Virginia. He was a gunslinger, but he just doesn't have that like NFL type thing. You know? Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, quarterbacks coming out of college, it's either you know it's kind of hit or miss, and you got to try to figure out the right one to like hit. You know? Yeah, it's rare where you see like a 
Dak Prescott even isn't that good, you know? Uh, Chicago Bears, they traded, they finally traded uh, starting running back Jordan Howard to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Conditional six. Next fifth, season, yeah. 2020 season for the 2020 draft. This is a move that seems like it was a long time coming. There were a lot of rumors and there was a lot of speculation that the starting running back was going to be dealt at some point simply because he just he's not a fit for what the Bears are trying to do on offense, which is understandable. And is it? Let's talk about that later. So the the Bears got rid of Howard for a late round draft pick, which is the market for a running back with one year left on his contract. Um now that leaves the Bears with Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis on the roster. Not Ooh. necessarily uh not necessarily gonna instill not a great tandem. Instill crazy fear in opposing defensive lines. So they're probably gonna be addressing the running back need in the draft. We can talk about that a little bit later. With all their draft capital, all of what like four picks? All five picks. Five first, picks. Uh, first pick. First pick in the third overall. round, yes. Yeah. So another NFC contender gets stronger while the Bears lose their starter without a proper replacement. So, uh, Jake, you can rub it in now. I love Jordan Howard. I think he's going to be a great fit in Philadelphia. I do think that, I mean, I'm not going to rub it in too hard. I mean, I already did my gloating. I think that he's a really good running back. I don't know if he's going to be, like, if he was, so there's speculation that he's going to be cut before he's traded. I don't know how much he'd get in the open market. He's only a two-down running back. A lot of two-down running backs haven't been signed yet. I think it's a, not appropriate value. Obviously, I think the Eagles fleeced you. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I think it's close enough to like a fourth-round pick. Like you, you would trade. They would have been. I would have been ecstatic with a fourth-round pick. Yeah. See, like you would find a, because I know the the market for running backs for running backs like they're worth more than they are basically. Yeah, the you know especially like I said, one one year left on his rookie deal, he's going to be expecting a big contract. Yeah, you're right, and the Eagles aren't going to resign him. Probably they didn't give up much, so they don't Bears, really have any much capital. Bears weren't a fit, so they weren't going to pay him. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the Eagles is they're very scheme diverse. They do block, they do zone blocking, they do gap blocking, they do whatever uh, they think will beat the opposing opposing team. They needed a short down running, a short yardage running back. They tried Josh Adams there last year. Josh Adams, undrafted rookie. He's not very good at short yardage. Jay Ajayi still hurt. Is he yeah, still on the he, team? He's a free agent right now. Okay. Uh, they might bring him back after the draft, I think, because Jordan Howard and Jay Ajayi kind of duplicative. Jay Ajayi's got more like outside speed. He can mm-hmm. he can burst through the gap. He can make those big runs. I mean, Jordan Howard's more of a bruiser type. You'll see him get caught on like long runs. They're very they're similar. They can bruise. They can they have like one cut ability. So, I go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I think Jordan Howard. I mean like some media members are like, whoa, they got fleeced. Like, what are the Bears ever gonna do? I think the Bears are gonna be fine. I think it makes the Eagles a better team. I think they have a scary offense, but I don't think it's gonna be a tremendous like Jordan Howard rushes for a thousand yards. I think it's gonna be he's gonna be a better Legarrette Blunt from the Super Bowl season. Interesting. So in in uh, let's see here, 
Jordan Howard's career, he has played 47 games thus far, all for Chicago. In those 47 games, he has racked up over 3,000 yards rushing, 24 touchdowns, and 4.3 yards per carry. Uh, last season, when he played all 16 games, he accounted for 935 of those rushing yards, 9 touchdowns, and just under 4 yards per carry. 3.7, yeah. Th- those are not terrible numbers for a running back at all, especially the 9 touchdowns. He's a short yardage guy. 3.7 is not terrible. It's just that he was never the featured back last season. And it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think the Bears had a featured they you know necessarily yeah, a featured I think back. as the NFL moves forward we're going to see less featured backs we're going to see more smart offensive coaches coming to the league we're going to see more running back by committee more running backs with who are great at one skill or who unless you do have a, a like Todd Gurley or Le'Veon yeah. Bell even then like they use CJ Anderson and mm-hmm. or and uh they, they drafted James Conner before even Le'Veon Bell held out like yeah i think as we get more progressive in the NFL we're going to see a lot of running back by committee which is bad for fantasy football but I think it's interesting for the sport I think it's going to add more value to the running back position I think they're going to get paid more which is good but I and it makes it more interesting I guess where do you um you said Jordan Howard is probably going to be a decent fit with with Philly yeah I mean what do you what do you think he's going to bring to the table Obviously, short yardage, that was a big issue for the Eagles last season, especially when Carson Wentz was in quarterback. They tried to run a lot of read options. It didn't work out well. I think they're going to be able to – Doug Peterson obviously loves to go for it on fourth down. I think they're going to be able to run for it on fourth down now. I I mean, I don't think he's going to get a lot of snaps. I think, like, Corey Clements on the roster, I think Corey Clements pretty good. I think he's fast. He's got decent hands. I think he's, like, a good change-of-pace guy, but I also think he's – a little elevated change of pace guy, so he can do more than Jordan Howard in terms of passing, pass blocking, and I would say just agility and speed. And they're going to draft a running back probably. If they don't draft a running back, I imagine they re-sign J.H.I., as I said before, but I think if they draft a running back, it's going to be... or they, I don't know what they're going to do at running back, I should say, because they're interested in Duke Johnson, it's been reported. Yeah, he asked for a trade. He asked for a trade. I think there's a possibility after the draft they trade for Duke Johnson if Darren Sproles doesn't come back, which I think is pretty likely, or they don't draft like a – there's a guy named I want. He's not going to be drafted. He might not be drafted. His name's Darwin Thompson. He's a running back from Utah State. He's like a Darren Sproles clone kind of, but obviously that's a deep cut. Fits that uh, Darren Sproles, Tariq Cohen mold. Yeah, he's like smaller, but he's built. Uh, I think it's important for a small running back to also have some muscle on them. Mm-hmm. But he's also super quick, super, you know, agile, can catch the ball really well, explosive. Yes. Um, returning to Jordan Howard, a lot of a lot of Bears fans, uh, a lot of um, Chicago commentators, and people who are around sports a lot, they they're pretty much in the same boat as we are that it was it was it was it was going to get it was going to happen uh it was going to get done it's and it's just you know it's just because he doesn't fit I no other think, reason i uh, feel like you should be able to make him fit i don't think i i mean obviously he's i don't think he's so much of a scheme specific player that he can't i just fit. don't think they tried enough i agree I, I agree entirely and i think that's a smudge on matt nagy yeah i don't know why that I don't know why they chose not to implement him more in the offense because Tariq Cohen did seem to get the majority of the touches most of the time. You're right, and I think there's 
as I said before, he's probably going to have a similar role on the Bears, maybe just a little heightened on the Eagles. Like, obviously, the Eagles don't have a weapon like Tariq Cohen, but short yardage is what you need him for. Fourth quarter is what you need him for. And that's what you did. he did for the Bears. That's what he did do for the Eagles. Like, I don't see a much different role, maybe just more prominently used in the running game because they don't have a lot of other running backs. Like, I don't know. I shouldn't say – it's complicated. I think – I'm very fascinated to see what Doug Peterson is going to do with him. So Jonathan Wood on Twitter, at Jonathan underscore Wood1, he put out an interesting tweet uh, right after Jordan Howard got traded, um, basically uh, letting the fans know that, well, as I was beginning to say, a lot of fans were kind of puzzled that this trade was made, and I don't know how big of a fan they were if they were questioning this move the, to the extent that a lot of people were. But this is his tweet. Uh, it reads... Uh, a reminder that running backs in the, I'm paraphrasing, in the Chicago Bears offense need to do three things, and especially, you know, in, in the NFL period. They need to run between the tackles, which Howard averaged 3.3 yards per carry in 2018, which was among the worst in the league. Yeah, they need I, to, I, can, I can counter that. Keep going, though. They need to catch the ball out of the backfield, which Jordan Howard had 20 catches in 16 games. And I think he had 100 and... 45 yards, 175 yards. He's not yards. a ball catcher. Everyone knows that. No. And uh, make big plays, which Howard among the worst explosive play rates in the NFL. I do think he's been worse as his career's gone on. But I do think as you look in his first year, you see a lot of big runs with John Fox. I think it's just like you got to get him a lot of carries, you know, like those old school running backs, which I think the Eagles will be able to afford to do. But I, I running between the tackles, I think it's more complicated than that. I think that you got to factor in uh, under center runs and shotgun runs, and I think Matt Nagy runs a lot of shotgun. I think Trico is better out of shotgun. I don't think Jordan Howard's the best out of shotgun. I mean, he's decent, but he, you know, obviously, I think he ran a lot of shotgun last year. It's and it's not that Tariq Cohen is the better running back. It's just that he fit more of the scheme and the the plays that Nagy and the offense wanted to run, and you know, it kind of worked. Yeah, and they run that like college offense where they don't. Well, they have a lot of college influence, I should yes, say. Yes, yes. And they don't call it. You don't see a lot of running backs like this in college anymore. No, and, and uh, or even the modern NFL, you don't see a lot of bulky, heavy guys like Lavar Blunt. Got he was on the market for a while before the Eagles signed him. After the Eagles, uh, after he walked from the Eagles, it took a while for him to sign with the Lions. Yeah, it's interesting. Just got to wait and see what uh, what the Bears do in the draft, see if they take a running back early or if they find one late in the draft that they really like. Um, just hope that they find their starting guy uh, going forward because this this next year they got a lot of expectations that they got to live up to. 849 at WCRX, 88.1 FM, Chicago, the athlete beat. You're listening to the final segment. I'm Brandon Arlowski. Jake Barrett has been my guest tonight. We've been having a blast. We've been discussing uh, opening day for baseball and opening weekend. Uh, we just talked about the Jordan Howard trade from Chicago to Philly. Rip. Um, uh, talked welcome about, to the living. We uh, talked about the NBA playoffs and some of those matchups. Uh, discussed a little bit about the NBA draft and March Madness. And uh, Duke, the mighty Duke falling and Kentucky falling as well. Yeah. And uh, we pretty much ran through all of our uh, all of our big sports topics. So now we have ten minutes to uh, discuss anything we missed. 
You got uh, anything? I mean, I have hot takes prepared. Go ahead. So there's a lot of things I hate. I, 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 um, I recently took a class, and they asked me to list five pet peeves, and I had trouble listing them because I don't hate like small things i hate generally grand things but it, here's like pet peevish things like I, I don't like white tube socks uh i'll give you that one and then i also don't like ugly dad shoes put those together and they're like not stylish dad shoes they're ugly dad shoes you're talking white about t- the new balance yeah the, like there's some stylish new balance but if you're going the, like the, uh, sketchers their like, purpose is to cut the grass yeah <laughs> you put those with white tube socks and you see like People our age or like anybody wearing those like that doesn't are it, under doesn't 50. Doesn't that piss you off? It does. Like under 50. It's so annoying. Like you're not over 50, bro. Keep going with these. Keep going with these. I might. Uh... I mean, I, I, that was the main thing I had. I, I did. I, I mean, I guess this is fine to talk on air. You know what mukbang is? Uh, no, but uh, be careful. I know. Trust me. It's creepy, but not that creepy. Okay. It's uh people. It's very popular in South Korea. That doesn't help. Uh, it's a. Uh, oh boy. It's uh, it, I'm obsessed with it line. in a weird way. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like that. It's um, it's people eating food like ASMR style. Okay. And, and uh, it's uh, like I. There's like a video. It's vi- It's not a viral video, but it's like it's got millions the, of views. For those unfamiliar with what ASMR is, it's basically people whispering into a microphone. And well, and having the uh, the sensitivity of the microphone very high, so you hear every little sound, kind of like that, you know. Yeah, that sounds like good. This, and it's supposed to be relaxing. It's kind of creepy to me. It is. I don't know too. how people can like sleep to that. But, but this uh, is a you know, do you? Twenty nineteen. One of my favorite hate watches is mukbang, especially there's a giant fifteen pound lobster mukbang. Like, oh my god. Yes, uh, the by the the kind of bigger woman. Yeah, and she's like going, she smacks her just, lips like, and like literally she like grabs the lobster and snaps it in half. Yeah, she snaps it and she dips it in all that sauce. It's not even butter. It's like some so, kind of some odd sauce, some orange hot sauce. It's very. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it right now. I'm gonna vomit. Um. Oh Jesus. Um. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. I'm in the same boat as you. With that said, I like giant sea. <laughs> <This Yeah. guy's- laughs> It's gonna come off weird. Uh, I'm just is like we're allowed to talk about whatever, and I'm gonna go weird with it. I, I mean, I'm fascinated by giant sea crustaceans. <laughs> you're fascinated? It's interesting. Like, there's so many fish in the sea, you know, and it's not just a metaphor. That's yeah, true. Um, what's your favorite crustacean? <sighs> if I had to ask, uh, do you ever see the Japanese spider crab? It's like that long-legged one. Uh, probably. Yeah, you've probably seen it. It's like. It's like a tiny crab body, but it's got really long legs. It's like seven foot tall. Not seven, seven foot tall. Seven feet tall. Maybe seven foot wingspan, I should say. That still is it's big. insane it's a big to me. big spider crab, yeah. I like, I, the, I, uh... I like I watched The Meg recently. I didn't watch the ending, but I watched most of it. <laughs> the Meg you could, is... Could you, just, could you not make it that far, or did uh, no, I just some unforeseen to... circumstances? I just like, I don't know what I did. I just like, oh, I don't know why I didn't watch the ending. I should have. But like it was really good. I love. It was good. The movie to with, me, it the was shark good. movie with Jason Statham. Yeah, and Dwight Schrute. Um, <laughs> I for, yeah, I forgot about it. he was in that. Uh, he's like the Rain Wilson, the pompous owner of the of the oil rig. Mm. It was I it, like good for my standards. Like my, <laughs> I have different standards when it comes to different genres. It's just so 
not good. It's like so B movie ish. It's got a large budget. It doesn't take itself seriously. It doesn't take itself seriously. I mean, and it's like like the five Sharknados. The fi- it's like I don't like Sharknados. Those I think those awful. are too ha- hacky. Those are terrible. I think those are too hacky. This was just hacky enough. Yeah, when you throw on a Jason Statham movie, you know bodies are gonna be dropping. It's yeah, gonna be, it's gonna like, be fun. It's, it's a gonna giant. be like a two to just two hour popcorn movie. He's like the just Meg. Lose yourself. Yeah, it's a this is a giant shock in the ocean. <laughs> the Meg. The Megalodon. She's she's here. <laughs> Spot on. Oh, thank you. Um, anything you want to talk about? <laughs> no, um, I just got a notification that the Bulls lost. Uh, the Knicks beat them. Uh, so. Um, draft odds are improving <laughs> ever so slightly. Uh, we just need the Cavaliers to lose to the Phoenix Suns tonight as well. Um, I don't know if that happened or not. Uh, That's think... going to happen later. I think it's in Phoenix. The yes. okay. Cavs aren't playing Kevin Love. Oh, boy. Okay, so that might be one to throw on in the background uh, when you're doing something else at home. Um, I don't know why anybody would voluntarily watch those two teams duke it out, but uh, no, if you like Devin Booker, then that's basically it, right? Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. I like Michael Bridges, Villanova guy. Yes, 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 okay. But other than that, TJ Warren, but he's not that good. Josh Jackson thought maybe he's he was going to be good. good. He's very bad, actually. Dragon Sun- Bender. Oh, boy. Suns aren't great at drafting. They're not good doesn't at seem, Doesn't seem like I it. Remember when I said they're going to hire another stupid GM? Yes. That's what they're going to do. Do you remember the story a week or two ago where uh, – all like the craziness about how dysfunctional that organization is about how um was it the owner or the gm put goats in in the office in one of their offices i think i saw this he's like we're gonna draft a goat of our own I saw. That. and then they went to they went back to the office and the goats had you know dumped all over the def- f- def- yes yeah. <laughs> made droppings all over the floor which is pr- a kind of pretty good metaphor for the phoenix suns it is if, I if mean, you know everything they- about I don't know just, why Devin Booker would want to stay there. Um, I can give you... I'm trying to think of how much money he made, but I can give you that many reasons Oh, as to why he stayed. <laughs> he got the super, I mean, you could get that anywhere, though. He got the Supermax. I, I mean, that's that's probably it. He got he, the... He didn't get the Supermax because he's not eligible. Was he not? No, you have to be on like several M- all-NBA teams. He's never been on an all-NBA or no, team. No, no, no. He the, got the Max. The Rose Rule. Where I don't know, but I think if you, you accomplish so much, contract if you anywhere. accomplish so much in your rookie deal, then you can make like yeah. I mean, the only thing they offered him that nobody else could offer him was a five years. Year. Yeah, whereas every other team could offer him four years. That's uh, probably what it came down to. So, um, are One, you angry that like SpongeBob references are so prevalent? <laughs> I'm not angry at all. I think they're too I prevalent. Will, oh, like I went to an all boys high school, and like a lot of the comedy was just like jocks going like. This isn't Pat. This isn't Patrick. Like, no. I mean, this isn't the Krusty Krab. Oh, this okay, is Patrick. Gotcha. Like, well, like here's the thing. SpongeBob was like my cartoon. It was growing up. It was up. mine too. And you come back to my, you come back to my apartment or my dorm, or go hang out with my friends back home, or you go talk to some of my cousins. There's gonna be SpongeBob references every other, every two or three other Not other a jokes. Fan of that. Not a fan of that. Real quick before we get out of here. Um, why 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 do you have such a disdain for it's just, the references? I think there's better comedy. <laughs> there's so, like you Cameron think, you Esposito. Don't, you don't think the first 3 seasons of SpongeBob are some of the best? Uh, I think they're great. Television. I think they're universally accepted as some of the best television. I don't know, not ever, but like of our animation at least. Animation, yeah. 
but like Cameron Esposito is this great comic and she talked about like about this is this goes for any joke but she talked about it in regards to offensive jokes like there's so many jokes you can make in the world why would you make an offensive joke aka why would you make a well not like not aka but like why would you just make Spongebob jokes over and over again there's so many jokes yeah but I mean it's not like you're going on stage and continually performing these these jokes and I know but it's just it's like in modern day vernacular I just wish we were more creative I mean it's just inside jokes I think I mean it's kind of it's it's meme culture that you know these these things that everybody can relate to and understand it's easy to just connect with people yeah, I guess. If that makes sense. There was a guy who, uh, real quick, uh, Hall- he went Halloween dressed up in my high school, and he went as Nosferatu. Nosferatu. He, he only knew him from SpongeBob. He didn't know he was from... Uh, he didn't know that he was a uh, 1920s German vampire movie? No, he just only knew him from SpongeBob. Well, I mean, I knew him from SpongeBob initially, but... Yeah, me I knew, too. I knew like... about him uh, after the fact, because my dad actually has... My dad's getting a lot of shine today. He has a Nosferatu, like, rubber Halloween mask. Oh, nice. And he uses it to scare people every Halloween. Yeah, I like that. Scare the children and scare the neighbors. It's uh, kind of his thing. Uh, okay, we got to get out of here. We're running a little over, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, Jake, thank you for coming back for thank your you second for visit. Uh, uh, we have about four or five more shows. Uh, if I'd be happy to have any guest, especially one as distinguished and knowledgeable Aww. as Jake over here. Thank you. Um, so that's going to do it for us. This has been the Athlete Beat on WCRX 88.1 FM Chicago. Uh, 312-663-3512. Write that phone number down. You can, you can call that on all future shows and for any other show on the station. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at WCRXFM. Uh, that's also across social media. Same thing, WCRXFM. I am at Brandon Orlowski. Jake, if you want to plug anything, now's the time. Follow me on my new Twitter account. It's at 2BJakerJohn with an H. Plug the podcast? Uh, Fogball Podcast. Where can they get it? Uh, iTunes everywhere. Alrighty. That's going to do it for us. And you can listen to us same time next week, 7 p.m. Monday. This has been the Athlete Beat. Peace.